Take the cup. Today we have palms once again. It's been two years. Because last year we didn't have palms. Last year's we weren't together. And that was no fun. And we had a choice, a lot of choices in this past year to embrace what's happening or to feel victimized by it. I was talking to a woman in Tucson recently and she shared with me that only about, what, less than a month ago, her home parish was able to open up for daily mass. And she said, yeah, we were sitting in the courtyard in this like chair that I brought, all wearing masks, even though we're outside. And she said, it felt so good to be together. There's a choice to embrace it, or there's a choice to get angry and feel victimized by it. The prophet Isaiah says today, I gave my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who plucked my beard. My face I did not shield from buffets and spitting. The Lord God is my help. He chooses to submit to the suffering. Does that mean he's got low self-esteem? Does that mean that he's kind of masochistic? He likes to suffer? He chooses. He chooses to embrace the cross because somehow it's part of what God was asking. Recently, we lost a very beloved man in our community who spent the last few years of his life caring for his wife who had Alzheimer's, having the same conversation multiple times every day, spending every minute wondering, what is she doing now? Did she wander off again? There's a choice there. He said, I could have put her in a memory care facility. And nobody would have faulted him for it. Like, you have your life, you know? But what speaks of so much love is that he chose. He could have sent her to a place. He chose to keep her at home. And every day, every moment of every day, choosing to love her, to do what is best. The power of the cross is that Jesus didn't have to be there. Jesus chose to go to the cross. Philippians 2 tells us today, rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness, and found human in appearance, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. But does that mean that he liked it? Does that mean he was happy? No, Jesus was so real. He cries out in the garden, Abba, Father. Abba, that's like Dad. 
He's crying out to his father that he knows is listening and watching and with him. All things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. I don't want this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to have to deal with this. But not what I will, what you will. That he's real, he's honest, like on the cross. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? I feel abandoned. That he names it. That he's real. And yet the psalm that he quotes from the cross, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? That if you follow Psalm 22 all the way through, even today we hear some of this. But you, so he starts off, I feel abandoned. And then he says, but you, O Lord, be not far from me. O my help, hasten to aid me. He's calling on God. And then he says, I will proclaim your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, give glory to him, revere him. All you descendants of Israel. That yes, at the same time that he's honest and real and feeling abandoned, that that expression leads him to a place of deep faith to know that somehow, God, your will is being done and I choose it also. The people said to him, they cry out, well, he saved others. He can't save himself. Jesus could have saved himself. And so the fact that he stayed on the cross is because he chose to. And as St. Augustine said, it wasn't so much nails that held him to the cross, but his love. That Jesus chooses to feel abandoned, unwanted, misunderstood, abused, because that's where you and I are. That we believe that Jesus on the cross experienced and felt every sin and suffering that you and I had ever committed. Every slander, every gossip, every mean word, Jesus experienced. But it also means that Jesus experienced every mean word against us, every gossip done about us, every abuse done to us, that Jesus chose to experience that. Because that's where you and I are. That's where we were. And that his love moved him to be there so that we would not have to go there alone. And so when we look at the cross, brothers and sisters, we're invited to see, yeah, horrific suffering, like my suffering, but we're invited to see love, the greatest act, the greatest image of love the world has ever seen. And you and I are also invited to choose to embrace our own cross, to take the cup offered to us, knowing that Christ is right there with us. He never invites us to do something where he is not with us. I visited a, a man this week who I was told is actively dying. And they had moved the hospital bed right into the living room. And 
you got the hospice nurse, and you got his daughter, and you got his wife. And he's in a lot of pain, so they're giving him morphine, and he can't get comfortable. And there's the wife of 58 years rubbing his shoulder. Right by his side, where she chooses to be, in good times and in bad, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health. That if somehow this is the Father's will for me, I don't want this. I don't want to see someone I love suffer. But if this is what God is inviting me to say yes to, I'm, take this cup from me. But not what I will, but what you will. That every day, brothers and sisters, we have opportunities, invitations to be real and honest with our God, and then to choose what we're going to do. To feel victimized by life and our circumstances, or to choose to embrace it, knowing that our God, who loves us and holds nothing back from us, is choosing to take the cup right there with me.